Welcome to the Growth Pioneers Podcast. This is your host, Doug Irwin. On this episode of the podcast, I meet with Dawson Lamb, the CEO and founder of Loop. Loop was part of the inaugural cohort at The Generator. Loop has a service that really eliminates the headache of getting your car serviced. They pick it up and drop it off from anywhere, really eliminating hours of wasted time going to and from the auto dealership. I think it's a great service, and he's just a cool founder. So I hope you enjoy the podcast. On with the show. Welcome, Dawson, to the Growth Pioneers podcast. Good to see you. Good to see you, Doug. I appreciate it. Hey, it only took us like four tries to make this happen. Yeah, it took a little while, but I, I figured you'd pull through. Yeah, well, you know, you know, we got to save the best for last. Or, oh, no, I don't know. Third time's a charm. Fourth time's a charm. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, good. Well, I've been looking forward to chatting with you. I, we, we met originally back before you were with Loop, right? Didn't, what was your company before we met? Yeah, so it, it was called My Car. It was the same concept. It's the same concept that we actually took to Sontag in one, but we've changed up a couple of things, uh, really focused on becoming the software company that we want to become. And now we were able to transition to Loop. That's right. I guess same company, just pivot. And just I guess it was Sontag. And it was probably a year or two ago, right, when we first met? Yeah, yeah. We, were. we won Sontag in 2021, and we've been able to transition Loop now and, and grow it here all the way to 2023. Yeah. I mean, it's quite a quite an accomplishment to win. the Sontag is the UNR business school competition. You won, what, $50,000? Yeah, so we won $50,000 from the Sontag Award, and then we also won another $10,000 from the Dragonfly Energy Innovation Award, which is all kind of bundled into the same competition. Oh, that's great. Well, you're much better student than I was. If I would have had $60,000 as a student, I don't know that I would have uh, gone forward and built a company. I probably would have gone to, to Mazatlan or something, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I was able to build a really strong team around me during the Sontag competition, and we really all focused on wanting to build it up and, and seeing where it went. So I thought that that was one of the reasons that we all kind of stayed together. Yeah, for sure. So tell us a little bit about, give us a background on Loop, and then I want to hear, how, you know, just tell me a little bit more about Loop and how that got came about. Yeah, so, I mean, imagine you're driving down the road and your service light comes on. How would you handle that? What would you do? Would you call the shop or dealership? Would you try to take your vehicle in yourself? Would you bother a friend or family member to give you a ride back and forth to the shop or dealership? It's just, it's a really inconvenient process. And so we decided to change that be able to make it into something that is convenient. So Loop allows vehicle owners to schedule their service, get pickup and delivery, and get their vehicle service on their own time. Oh, that's great. I, you know, every time when you said, what do you do when your service light comes on? I'm, you know, generally I go into a slight panic because <laughs> it's usually at an inconvenient place in my life. But what kind of brought you to this? Was like there a, a seminal moment or was this something where the kind of the, you know, the light bulb went on for you when you realized, hey, this is a problem that I want to go solve in the world? Yeah, well, I got really lucky because I was actually working at a local startup in the area, which is Breadware and Ioterra. And they really inspired me to take things into my own hands and that they inspired me that I can build something that I want to build as well. And so I was working there, going to school, and I needed to get my vehicle serviced. And I just found out that it was a really difficult process. It wasn't easy. I was going back and forth to shops and dealerships because my car was constantly breaking down. I was commuting from Carson to Reno, back to Carson, going to school, everything. So it was it was just horribly inconvenient. And working at Brenware and Iotera, they showed me that I can do something that I want to do as well. And the light bulb kind of came on during that same process. Yeah, that's great. I, first of all, I mean, so many things about what you just said just really make me happy. One, innovation driven by a real pain point that you experienced personally, but the fact that you were inspired by 
working at a startup locally and that's what led you to drive startups is like literally music to my ears, man. Like you couldn't have said something that would make me happier because I think that's, you know, I don't know, but did you come from an entrepreneurial family? No, no. My dad was pretty blue collar and my mom, she didn't have a college education. And so, no, I didn't have that entrepreneurial background, but lucky enough, there was actually an entrepreneurship class at my high school. And so it kind of started there and I joined competitions throughout high school and then obviously the Sontag competition at UNR as well. So, Oh, that's great. So you were really inspired to be an entrepreneur earlier on in, in life in high school. That's great. Yeah. Very cool. But then, you know, working with IOTERRA and actually seeing, you know, how to raise money or like at least being part of the process of a startup was that thing that helped thrust you to the next level. Exactly, exactly. And, and Danny and Daniel over there at IOTERRA and, and Breadware, they really helped me uh, connect to people in the community. That way I could take those leaps and bounds to actually get something going. Yeah, no, those guys are great guys. Wow, that's, gosh, I love that story. Combination of like a real, you know, finding your real challenge in the market and then having that entrepreneurial inspiration coming together. That, I mean, honestly, man, that just, it's really inspiring. So, you know, with regard to loops, okay, fine. You have this problem, you know, my service light goes on, I need to get my car in its pain. So how did you go about solving that guy? What is the, how did, how does loop work? Yeah. So loop allows vehicle owners to either download our mobile app or go on our website uh, where we have a web app and you can choose your preferred shopper dealership, select the services you want performed on your vehicle, whether it's oil changes, tire rotation, a whole transmission replacement, whatever you need to get done on your vehicle, and schedule pickup and delivery at a time that works best for you. So we will pick up your car, take it to the shopper dealership for you. Once the vehicle's finished being serviced, we'll return the vehicle back to you. And then that's that's the step that'll complete it. It cuts the process down from an average of six hours every time you have to get your vehicle serviced to just five minutes. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, I can totally see that. So you basically provide a driver to go pick up the vehicle and then take it back to the shop. How is all of the financing done? Do you deal with any of that or are you just in the pickup and delivery space? We're just in the pickup and delivery space. So it's just a small pickup and delivery fee that vehicle owners have to pay for us to do the pickup and delivery and schedule the appointment and everything. But in terms of the actual service costs, that's still handled through the shopper dealership. So it's the same process that you would do. You would just do it over the phone. Got it. So that really, you know, you're, but then you're also a channel for service, right? So if I, if I have the loop app and I want to go get service, but I don't happen to have a service provider, you can help me with that. Is that? Yeah, exactly. So all of our shops and dealerships are vetted. They're all preferred shops or dealerships. They're places that you can trust to get your vehicle performed uh, or your services performed at. So we make it really smooth, really simple. We go and we vet all of those shops and dealerships and we continue to build a relationship with them. That way we're keeping our customers happy. Yeah, that's great. How do you vet a shop? Like what what would be a process? How do you know that they're a good shop? Yeah, so it's based on Google reviews, one, and then we also have the secret shopper policy. So we'll go in there, uh, we'll send one of our representatives to go check out the shopper dealership and act like they're going to schedule an appointment, see how they're treated, and then we have a checklist that we go based off of that allows us to grade that shopper dealership. Oh, that's great. I didn't. So you actually go in there and like engage with them and see, because I mean, it's half the battle with a lot of these places is just having a good good experience. Okay, so you have a so you have a vetted group of service providers, and then you have a service that you know, that basically picks up and delivers and it saves me five hours and 45 minutes, 55 minutes or so. Is that, (laughs) that's the gist? Exactly, exactly. And on top of that, you're getting trustworthy service the entire time. Yeah, no, that's great. So when did you launch the company? Yeah, so we launched it back in 2021. Uh, That was part of the Sontag competition. It was around the same timeframe. So 
a lot of people think that we launched it just for COVID so that people didn't have to go out and go to their house. But no, we really wanted to launch it as part of a convenience platform after seeing the success that DoorDash and Grubhub and Uber Eats were having. Yeah. We figured that we could kind of follow the same model. Yeah, that's great. And so how's it going? Yeah, so it's been great. Going into December, we had our best month. We've been growing 17% uh, month over month. And we're continuing to see that same success. And we want to launch from what we're seeing in Reno all the way down to Vegas uh, within the next few months. So we want to take that next step into our growth phase as well. So, I mean, just let's do a pause. We'll do a public service announcement. How do I find your service? It's what, loopnow.us? Yeah, yep, loopnow.us. You can also call us to schedule service right now. And we're also available on the App Store as well. So if you type in Loop Car Service Made Simple on the Apple App Store, we're not available on Google Play yet, but... Apple App Store, you'll find our app and you can schedule service through there as well. That's great. So, and you guys started at Sontag, you kind of got yourself going. And then, you know, like most good startups, you, know, you had some money, probably $60,000 seemed like a lot at the time and realized very quickly it's nothing. <laughs> right, right, right. So what'd you do to, you know, how have you been growing and scaling your company? Yeah, I mean, we've we've had to be very lean. So we got that $60,000. And then thankfully, we were able to get into the generator program, which has been huge for us. So we got a little bit of money from that so far, and a little bit of money from uh, Battleborn, which is part of that generator investment. So we've been able to use that so far to grow our company. But mainly, we've been focusing on building strategic partnerships with companies in the industry that really focus on working with service shops or working with dealerships. And then we've been able to leverage those to build those relationships with the shops and dealerships that will send us send us service as well. Interesting. So there's so like help me walk walk me through that. So instead of you know you're here in Reno and yeah okay fine you can go meet a bunch of shops but if you're going to expand out in the other regions there's like a middleman or there's someone who provides service for the service companies like yeah so there's companies called Mechanic Advisor or Steer and then there's Auto Vitals and Auto Shop Solutions so they're all software companies and marketing companies that work with these shops or dealerships to provide CRM marketing assistance, whatever it might be. Uh, so we've been able to leverage those partnerships and communicate with them. And they already have shops that they work with. We can then take those relationships, add them to our platform, build those relationships for ourselves, and then uh, continue to grow that out. So it's a really scalable model for us. Yeah, that's great. So, I mean, I get, so that makes sense, right? Like you, and I could imagine it in a partnership and they already have a bunch of clientele, there's a value add for them and there's probably a rev share or something like that. Um, you know, I get the value proposition for the consumer. What's the value prop for the dealer? So if I, or I, I'm a shop, you know, let's say I'm a, you know, I'm a high quality shop, does good work, maybe a smaller shop. Why would I want to work with? Them? Yeah, it's funny. I mean, when I started this, I really thought, oh, this was all going to be on the consumer side. You know, we were going to be able to easily sell this to consumers. They don't want to take their vehicle to the shop, whatever it might be. I quickly realized that it's really a market network. It's going to be available on both sides. So speaking with the shops and dealerships, they really want a service that can aggregate customers to them and at that high-end customers that are going to be able to pay these larger tickets. So customers that are willing to use our pickup and delivery service are also going to be willing to pay for additional services that need to be performed on their car. So you might take your vehicle in for a tire rotation and the shop says, hey, well, you actually need a wheel alignment as well. Well, a lot of customers don't want to pay that, but customers that are paying for our pickup and delivery service know that that's also going to be a value add for them um, and they're willing to pay that. So the shop gets much higher revenue when they work with us and they get a larger amount of customers coming in more often because it's that much easier to get your vehicle service when you use our service. Got it. So, so far what you're doing is you're providing a, a higher value 
kind of higher ticket customer for a shop. So obviously anything they can do to get more of those, they're you know, all about. So in loop sounds like that's a channel to, to create that. Exactly. Yep. Oh, that's great. So what are customers saying? Like, what are people saying about it? Like what's the, you know, what is some of the, the feedback you're getting so far? I mean, and how do you measure how many customers and things like that? Like kind of give me a little bit of a, how's it going and what, what how do you measure yourself? Yeah. Well, I think what's been really big is when we get a customer, we find that they'll come and use our service about four months down the line again. So usually customers will get their service done every or twice every year but we're seeing customers use our service about three to four times per year so they're getting their service their vehicle service more often which they need to be doing anyway so that they can keep the longevity of their vehicle and keep the value high on their vehicle so i think that those repeat customers that we're getting is really really valuable for us 80 percent of our customers are repeat customers oh interesting and do you have any data in there i mean is that like something that if i'm on the loop platform hey you know it might be time for you to do blankety blank is that is that part of the platform or yeah so what we'll do is we'll remind customers usually every three months or, or based on the amount of mileage that we think that they might be driving we'll send out correspondence to them so that they know to get their vehicle service more often to keep that value and keep their vehicle running smoothly yeah that's great what are customers saying i mean what is are they sort of validating your initial thoughts on why this would be valuable or yeah i mean all the customers that we've had so far just find the value in it a lot of the customers that we'll get are actually referred from shops or dealerships where they want to take care of that customer because they messed something up on their vehicle. And we take the vehicle to the customer and they're like, well, this shop didn't do a great job, but we're really happy with what you did. You know, it was, it was a really smooth experience with you guys. And so we'll definitely use you again. So we're finding that not only are we making the experience better for the customer, but we're able to ease those relationships for the shops and dealerships that might not have been able to do that beforehand. Yeah. So who are your competitors, right? Like we talked about, you know, you're kind of competing against the status quo. Like I'm going to go there and sit in the waiting room or I'm going to go there and catch the shuttle bus or I'm going to go there and maybe take Uber. Like is that, or I'm going to have, I'm going to go bother my friends and family. Is that pretty much the gamut of how people do it today? Yeah, well, that's definitely the status quo. What we've also found is there's a company out there called RepairPal and they actually aggregate customers to shops or dealerships as well. So they have their own network of shops or dealerships that customers can go and find. On top of that, there's companies like Draver and MyKarma that provide pick, pickup and delivery, the vehicle pickup and delivery portion. So they move vehicles for dealerships a lot of the time in businesses, but they don't necessarily do it for service very often. And so what we're trying to do is kind of be the best of RepairPal, where they're aggregating customers to shops and they're having their network of shops and the best of Driver or Draver and MyKarma and trying to become the best of those and put them together so it's a really fully convenient experience for customers. Yeah, yeah, that's great. I mean, I wonder how, you know, I was just thinking about my last experience taking my car. I had to go to Chevy like multiple times or some, you know, part issue or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, you drop it off and if you're crazy like me and you can drop it off at 7 a.m., they get you on the shuttle pretty quickly. It was not horrible. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I can imagine, like it still does take... You know, you have to schedule an hour or two, and if you really don't have time to go pick up the kids and do that, and I, you know, ultimately, if the shuttle's not available, it's still going to cost me any more. Gosh, with Uber, it's going to be fifteen to twenty bucks yeah. each way. Right. What does an average ride cost? You think? Yeah, so an average ride will be about fifty-five dollars. That's round trip, so that'll be for us to pick up the vehicle, take it to the shop or dealership for you, and then return it back to you once the service is complete. Like you said, that's it's pretty comparable to what you'd see with Uber and Lyft. Yeah. But you don't have to take the travel time out of your day totally. s- sitting in an Uber or Lyft, which nowadays could be anywhere from 45 minutes to an hour and 15 minutes, whatever it might be yeah. in total. And so 
we're able to cut it down to five minutes. You don't have to sit in a vehicle. You don't have to sit in a shuttle, you know, a rental car, whatever it might be. And you get it completely taken care of. Yeah, no, that's great. That's great. And can you, like, if I, if you picked it up in my office, could you drop it off at my house? Yeah, yeah. So we'll pick it up from your house. We'll pick it up from your work. We'll pick it up from the grocery store. You know, whatever it might be. Good. We'll make it. We'll make it work for you. So you're all about making it easy, is what I'm saying. Exactly. Loop is about. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's the full convenience factor. Yeah. So I think you have a great understanding of how that works. So what about what's it been like for you to build the business? I mean, was this? You said you had your first experience with entrepreneurship in high school. Did you try and launch a company there, or were you just in kind of in the the planning phase of that? No. So in high school, uh, we had a lot of Shark Tank competitions uh, where we would we would act like we're building a business, create a whole business plan, do a whole presentation in front of judges and uh, kind of see how that went. So we we had to present. So it was a good it was a good starting point for, you know, what I would do at Generator or do in Sontag, whatever it might be. Um, but it was a big learning curve for sure. Yeah. You think, you know, what an investor might like um, until you get in front of actual investors. And then, you know, you, you take everything that you hear and you just try to form it into something that makes logical sense and then try to go from there. Yeah. I always found that difficult, right? You go out and talk to a bunch of investors and you'll get a bunch of opinions. I mean, you know, you get some common opinions, but did you find that you were getting lots of conflicting advice or did you, you know, like what was your experience? Because in Generator, you'd talk to what, a hundred mentors or something? Yeah, yeah. So Generator puts you in front of a ton of mentors. But, you know, the advice that we got more than anything was, you know, just keep getting customers, keep showing traction, keep showing that people want this. And I think that we've done a really good job of being able to build that, build out that customer base, build out the traction, uh, be able to build partnerships, which has been huge. Things that companies without value can't really do. So I think it proves that there's something there for us and that we're, we're grinding away at the right thing. Yeah. Do you find, I mean, I'm sure you've tried a lot of different ways of getting customers. I mean, do you do like digital ads or do you find it's best for referral? Like kind of what's your best source of customer acquisition? Yeah. So it's, it's going to be two ways right now. It's been referral. So from the shops and dealerships really sending us customers, that's been huge. That's been coming at zero cost to us. So that's really just building out those relationships and we're going to be able to do that with every shop and dealership that we add to our platform. Um, the second way is that we're actually partnering with the largest automotive services uh, marketing company in the entire industry. So they work with shops and dealerships, uh, working with small budgets to advertise to customers digitally. And we're going to be able to do that with a larger budget and then kind of saturate the entire market with our advertising plan. Oh, that's great. Which is, yeah, which is going to be able to send us a lot of customers here in the next couple months. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, you're, you know, you're going to come out from multiple places, but obviously if you can get the lowest cost through the dealers, what about your drivers? I mean, how are you vetting your drivers? Well, finding drivers has been really easy for us. You know, a lot of people, it found, we found out that a lot of people want to drive, you know, different vehicles. They find that interesting. Um, so you see a lot of success with the gig economy and with DoorDash, Uber, Uber Eats, whatever it might be. A lot of people want to drive for those companies, but we found that we have a really fun, entertaining position that drivers really see the value in and so they've come to us without us even having to advertise or anything but in terms of a vetting process we do background checks we do a phone interview with every driver we meet them personally um, because we're able to do that right now and then we're able to train them in person as well so uh, we get to see them with customers as well and show them how to interact and 
we've found that we've been able to get a really good crew of drivers. That's great. You know, it, this movie's probably before you're, you were born, <laughs> but I just had this vision of like Ferris Bueller's day off when they like take the guy, their dad's oh, yeah, Porsche yeah, and the yeah. guy takes it and cruises around. So like, you're not, you don't have any of those guys, right? No, 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 no. Yeah. We're not driving it off cliffs out of windows or anything like that. So yeah. Good. That's good. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, you know, it's it's an it's interesting with some of these gig economy things, you know, talking to close lines, like how intimate those things are. I mean, you know, when you're getting in an Uber, you're in somebody else's car. When you're, you know, someone's coming to take your car, it's yeah. your car. But, you know, that's not that uncommon given that, you know, you put it in the shop and go go through that. So Right, right, right. Yeah, well, and, you know, if you order DoorDash, a lot of the time you're not going to meet your dasher. But at least with our platform, when we pick up your keys, we're getting them from you. You get to see the driver's face. You get to see that this is a trustworthy person. Um, you get to see them drive off in your car. So uh, you get to at least interact with them a little bit. So how does that work with the driver? I mean, do they take their car to your location and then leave your their car there and then hang out? Or how does that, you know, like there seems like there's some multi-point logistics involved. Yeah, well, what's, what's really interesting is that our drivers actually get to work in teams. So they're not working alone all day uh by themselves they oh, actually get to work with one other person throughout the day so one driver will drive the customer's car another driver will follow in their own vehicle and then they'll they'll drive from place to place uh picking up vehicles taking them to shops and dealerships and then back to the customer got it and do you think i mean so the as part of that gig economy I, every time i take an uber i'm always asking like you know how's it working and getting the economics so that is that the economics work pretty well i mean if you're a driver can i do make the same or more or less than I would at Uber, do you think? You know, it's it's very similar to what you'd see with Uber, DoorDash, Grubhub, but you'll be making the same amount, but you only have to drive your vehicle half the time. So you're only paying for half the gas, half the wear and tear on your vehicle, everything like that. So you get to actually make more money at the end of the day. Oh, that's a good, you know what, honestly, I had never considered that, right? <laughs> so basically f- same pay, less wear and tear, and you're with a teammate, so you're not necessarily... As long as you like that person, it's not yeah. not so yeah, bad. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, you can you can have your friends sign up, work with them consistently, and, and be able to do what you want to do throughout the day. Do you find that it's like an on-demand scheduling thing, or do you, do people book this out? Like, is it scheduled, you know, a couple of days in advance, or like how does that happen most of the time? It's kind of half and half because what'll happen is someone will schedule their vehicle out or schedule their service out a few months down the line or a few weeks down the line, whatever it might be, and then. Once the vehicle is done, we have to then respond to it right then and there on demand and then get the vehicle back. So drivers, they'll be able to select services that they want to complete throughout the day as they see them come up. Now, do you have like some advanced AI in the back, like route planning and things like that for efficiency, or is it not quite at that scale yet? It's not quite at that scale yet. We've talked with some people that we've met through the generator program that worked at Uber and Lyft uh, to add those things down the line. But right now, we haven't really added that in. So we're just yeah. using the, the basic mapping system at this point. Yeah. And so mostly the service right now is in Reno Sparks, right? Is that? Yeah. Where are you thinking about going next? Like, what are your, some of your big market? Yeah. So, I mean, right now, we, we are in the Reno Sparks area. So that's where all of our shops or dealerships are at. But we're, we're doing deliveries in Tahoe, Fernley, Fallon all the time, getting those vehicles here to the Reno area. But our next place is going to be Las Vegas. And we know that we're going to have a huge opportunity there. A lot of the strategic partnerships that I talked about earlier, they're really affiliated in those areas as well. So we know that that's going to be really big for us. Gato, I was just down there. And I'll tell you what, yeah, talk about much bigger market. I mean, lots of cars. I spent a lot of time in traffic. I actually think that, you know, in a a market like that, it's the value at propositions even higher, you know, because then I don't have to like, what if, you know, if I have a 
a service appointment at 8 a.m. and I get stuck in rush hour traffic, that, that's a whole other animal. And it just adds a whole lot of complexity when you're in a, you know, in a bigger market like that. Exactly. Exactly. We, we know that the values can be higher there. A lot of the shops and dealerships we've already talked to down there. So we know that there's a lot of interest from them as well. So it's going to be setting up those partnerships, setting up the customer base, setting up the advertising. It's just going to be really simple for us. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So what has been the most surprising for you about doing this business? I mean, what did you think was going to be easy and too hard? Or what did you think was going to be hard and turned out to be easy? Like, yo, I thought advertising to customers was going to be really easy. Turns out, you know, it's, it's not that easy. Um, just getting your name out there isn't enough. So it's, it's really sharing that value proposition, learning the psychology of, of telling customers about it in a way that really matches what they feel like they need. So that's been really interesting for us. And we've been able to build a team around that to make that really simple for us. But on the other hand, you know, I thought that the customer base was going to be one thing and it turned out that our customer base is a lot wider and we have a lot more interest from a lot of different people so that's been really great for us because uh, we know that we can advertise to a lot more people than we thought we could yeah that's interesting so what did what would you say your average customer i mean what's your demographic for your average customer yeah i mean it's it's anywhere from a male to female age 30 to 55 with you know, an income over probably $45,000. Okay. That's pretty, that's a pretty broad group. I mean, exactly, exactly. So originally I thought it was going to be mainly women and kind of dwindle it down from there, but turns out that it's a lot wider and this matches a lot of needs for a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, do you have a, do you have a pretty good sense in talking to your customers, like what the real secret sauce is? Like, what's the one thing, you know, you have all these different options, you have the status quo, but what is that, like that one thing that really makes a difference? Yeah. It's really just being able to save time. Yeah. Everyone, everyone's time is limited. You know, no one wants to go and pick up their food. No one wants to go to the grocery store. It's, it's taking that time out of the day. That's really stressful. That builds anxiety for people that have a really, really tough schedule. Um, so being able to save time for the average parent or the average busy professional, yeah. that's been really key for us. Yeah. And so you, are you finding any kind of, I, I know you have a sample size of Reno, so it's probably, you know, but do, do you find any one group like moms or professionals or anything or is it's still pretty broad like it's broadly applicable it's it's broadly applicable but you know i think uh when we drop off a vehicle for a single mom you see the light kind of flash in their eyes they're like yeah. oh my gosh you know this is this was really great i can't believe that this didn't exist sooner or sometimes it's it's someone who's elderly and doesn't like to drive they're like i don't want to take my vehicle out anymore so i really appreciate what you guys are doing yeah um, so just the sheer appreciation that you see from that shows you know that this can be something for a lot of people. Totally. I mean, the light just went on. I mean, of course, you know, my mom um, could see doing that. I mean, she doesn't want to go. She's up in Somerset, driving way down out of Somerset to come, you know, get some service done when she's got other things and maybe another car that she could use. I think that would be, I could totally see the value of that. Yeah. And we, we love doing it for people like that. You know, they just the appreciation that you get from that shows you that you're onto something. Yeah. So it sounds like you had some big surprises with regards to like what you perceive the market and the challenges, which, which isn't surprising, right? Like, you know, that's, I don't think anybody ever said, I'm going to build a business exactly this way. And that's right, what it did. Right, right, right. What about like building the team and building the business and going through capital? I mean, what, what have been some of the biggest hurdles you guys have had to overcome? Yeah. Well, in terms of building the team, you know, I think we've been really lucky. We have two team members that we're part of that Sontag competition. So that's David Hollett. He's our co-founder and, and Jacob Teams Robinson as well. So we've been through it thick and thin. We've seen every part of it so far. But what really surprised me is we were able to get Joe Trotta on the team as well. So RepairPal, which I mentioned earlier, she was actually one of the executives on that team um, when they founded. So she went through a $50 million raise with RepairPal. She's seen it from beginning to end. And then she 
ended up leaving, going to another company, and then she came on to us, uh, our team as well. Oh, that's great. So, yeah, so she uh, she has 25 plus years of industry experience. Um, she's been able to show us and connect us uh, to a lot of people in the industry. And that's been huge for us. That's where we've been able to get a lot of the strategic partnerships as well. Congratulations. That's a huge win for you guys. I mean, just, you know, startups always lack credibility. And so anything you can do to boost the credibility of your business and having someone like that on your team definitely does that. It opens up a lot of doors and, you know, going to the generator and, mm -hmm. you know, getting these validations. That's great. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And then she's, she's involved in the fundraising process as well, which has been really big for us. Yeah. That's, that's never fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But I'm sure you've learned a ton. So how's that? So you came out of Generator. It's only the cohort ended what in? It feels like a year ago, but it was like probably 45 <laughs> days, maybe. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, December 3rd. December 3rd. Okay. Yeah. So not really not that long ago. What's been happening since uh, since Generator? Just customer growth and fundraising and yeah, it's been customer growth. It's been kind of the status quo in terms of fulfilling deliveries, building out more partnerships, closing some of the deals, and then continuing the fundraising process. So we're just we're looking to finish off another $100,000 of our fundraising process, and then we'll be able to close the round. And so Generator, they've been introducing us to investors, trying to help us get to that point as well. And so they're still really involved in what we're doing. Yeah. What do you think what is, you know, if you were to kind of distill down like top one or two things that you took from Generator, what, what would you say you got out of Generator? Yeah, I would say the the sheer mentorship, um, just meeting a lot of the people in the area, which I was I was surprised how many key mentors that we have in the area that can really benefit us, whether it's here in just Reno, Tahoe, or in San Francisco, which is only a few hours away. So, yeah. you know, that all in all has been really big for us. And then the investor introductions was also was also really big for us. Um, so we've been able to meet a lot of investors that might not be interested in our round right now, but once we open our seed round, uh, they would really be interested. So that's been really key for us. Yeah, that's great. So mentorship, connections. Did you guys have any pivots as you went through the project program or just? We did have some marketing pivots. We thought that we could do a lot of hard material marketing um, in it. And we thought that we could have a lot of success with a certain way of digital marketing. And we realized throughout the program that we would need to do it a specific way. We need to change our messaging, whatever it might be so that we could get that really targeted and, and make that really successful for us. And I think going through the program, we learned a lot about that. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Well, hopefully, I mean, you know, I, I think the world of Jared and, and the program, and I'm just, I'm really happy that you guys made it through that and have seen success. I mean, and growing, you know, almost 20% month over month isn't shabby. And landing, you know, well-named executives or, you know, uh, well-respected executives, that's great. I mean, that's that's all good. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think the Generator program added a lot to our reputation as well and showed a lot of people, opened a lot of people's eyes at what we were doing and the growth that we were making. So I think that that was really big for us. What do you think are some of your biggest challenges facing you in, in this coming year? Yeah, I think we're really focused on closing our fundraising goal right now so that we can open up in Las Vegas and, and show the traction that we want to show in a bigger market and validate that to a lot of people. So we're really just focused on closing our fundraising round right now. Got it. So get the fundraising you know, demonstrate that this actually scales beyond Reno into kind of a tier one market. And then from there, you can kind of, then you just go nationwide in the world, right? Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, we'll, we'll hold the hold the world in our palms. So did you did you leave school to do this or did you graduate at the same time? How, what was your experience? No, so I got lucky. 2021, when we won the Sontag competition, I graduated that same semester. So uh, it all kind of came into fruition at the same time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, really good timing. Yeah, you, you seem like you're, that, that is good timing. You know, yeah. I, can, yeah. I can imagine, you know, sometimes you're like, do I finish school to do these kinds of things? So I'm glad you, you've made it through and got that, especially given your background, it sounds like you're the first, or at least in your 
your your mother and father didn't go to college, as we said. Yeah, well, I mean, they did a little bit of school, okay. but yeah, they never graduated. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's great. I'm really happy that 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 you got this type of experience. I mean, you know, when we're thinking about ecosystems, like what we really want to do is basically enable people like you to go do what you really want to do. Right. And right. it makes me happy to hear that you know you had a great experience at UNR. You know, you were able to leverage that into some fundraising, and now you're out here hiring Nevadans and hopefully, um, you know, creating some wealth for you and a lot of other people in the community. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's been exciting. You know, I never thought that Reno could be such a good market for starting a company. Uh, you know, growing up in the Carson city area, I never, I never thought that Reno was that big of a city, but, um, the connections, the people that are out here kind of proved me otherwise. So I thought it was really big for us. Yeah. I actually think Reno is actually a really good prototype city, right? Like it's not such a big city, but so you still can kind of get networked in and you can get through Everybody's pretty entrepreneurial friendly and, you know, you can get into these pilot programs and people seem to be open to that, that may be harder to do in a big city. So it's a good way to like get some test market. I I think that's been true. I've seen that for a lot of companies. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and the community has been really supportful of what we're doing and we're able to meet with a lot of people here that have connections and have experience from all kinds of companies across the world. So it's been, it's been really, really enlightening for me. Yeah, that's great. So when you, so totally different thing. So as you're, you know, you were back in high school and you're sitting here thinking about businesses, what was like the worst business idea you, you guys ever came up with or ever saw in that in your program? In terms of other people's businesses, I'm not, I'm not so sure. You know, we, there was a lot of VR game sets that were the metric or the market was already really saturated. It was like, that doesn't make a lot of sense maybe, but the worst idea that I came up with was a backpack subscription service that we would just send you a new backpack every month. So that, that got shut down pretty quick, but yeah. So, I like that. Hey man, you know what? My kids like backpacks. They don't go through them quite that fast. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, look, you've come along. I mean, my first company, I was taking free cats and dogs out of the newspaper and reselling them. So that that didn't go very well. It, it went <laughs> it went really well with one set of puppies. Yeah, and then I, you know, then it it was it went downhill from there. There was no right, good right. supply. So you never know. Humble beginnings. Yeah, yeah, that's that's how I look at it too. As you look out over the next couple of years, I mean, what are you? What's your hope for Loop? Like, what's your kind of grand vision? Yeah, um, you know, I think we are already building a lot of strategic partnerships where people would be interested in possibly acquiring us down the line. So we just have to be able to show that we can make the scale in a few markets in order to close those kind of acquisition opportunities or at least get closer to them. And so over the next few years, I think that that's something that we're really going to look at and having those partnerships in place, having those connections already made, especially the connections that we've been able to build from Jill. I think that that's the direction that we really want to go in and being able to close our next round and then close the round after that, we know that we'll be able to show that expansion in every city. Yeah. No, it's, you know, it's, it's always a question of like, you know, we were in the medical device business. It's like, we could try and roll this out to consumers or we could partner with a national marketing brand. And, you know, in that particular case, it made more sense to do so. So, you know, I think as you open up every door that you open will present you with a new set of opportunities. And, you know, who knows, man, maybe you'll roll out in Vegas and you'll crush it there and you'll be like, I'm not selling this thing. I'm going to, I'm going to keep it going. (laughs) We're going to go, let's go to, you know, I don't know, Texas, Seattle, whatever. Uh, What do you, you know, is there an Achilles heel or is there something that's really got you worried about growth? I mean, obviously you got to get through funding. You got to go through all that. Is there anything that, you know, like driverless vehicle, I mean, what, what is, is there any existential risk to this that you keeps you up at night? Not the whole autonomous vehicle or electric vehicle, you know, market that doesn't necessarily worry me. A lot of the vehicles that you see on the road are going to be on the road in the next 10, 15 years. Uh, so the opportunity for the business 
remains there. Uh, vehicles are lasting longer as well. So um, a lot of the new vehicles that are coming out are going to be lasting a lot longer than, you know, what a 2000 Ford F-150 might have lasted. And so we know that there's going to be a lot of opportunity uh, for us to continue the growth. Um, autonomous vehicles are still going to require service. Electric vehicles still require service. So we know that even those vehicles coming out are still going to be part of our platform. Yeah. Although I got to imagine if I have a autonomous vehicle, I can't just put a button that says service and it goes to find the service right, station. Right, right. Yeah. Well, you know, it's something that we've thought about, but, you know, we, we got to get over our, our certain hurdles first. Yeah. No, I get you. What do you, <laughs> so with, you know, with electric vehicles in mind, I mean, it does seem like, doesn't Tesla come to you to service? Yeah. A lot of the time they do. Um, that said, they have their own service shop uh, within the dealerships as well, because there's certain things that they can't do remotely. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, do you see, you know, my, my friend is a venture capitalist in, mo- in the mobility space and, you know, he actually sees the dealer model getting totally disrupted. Now, again, this is probably longer term than it would affect you, but I mean, what do you, do you see some radical transport issues in mobility that are, that'll change I me? Mean, like the fact that people are coming to service your cars at your house, it's kind of a unique thing. Yeah. So, I mean, there is the opportunity for mechanics to come to you to perform uh, service. That said, a lot of those models don't fully work for everything that you need done on your vehicle. So they might work for a tire rotation. They might work for an oil change. Uh, but you can't get your brakes done remotely. You can't get you know your transmission fixed remotely. If they find some kind of thing on the inspection, you know that can't be done remotely. So you still have to take your vehicle into the shop or dealership for larger repairs. And a lot of people are going to trust when they buy a new car to take it to the dealership consistently. And so that's where our model really makes sense and where we have all of that opportunity lined up. Yeah. I mean, it's a huge market. I, you know, even with all the growth in electric vehicles and all of this, stuff, I mean, there's still going to be, I mean, I don't know how many millions and millions of cars are on the road, but it, yeah. there's a huge opportunity. Yeah. Well, that's good. So, so if I want to go f- download the app, I just go to the app store and go for loop auto. Yeah. Well, if you type in loop car service made simple, will pop up. It, it's the only one that you can find. So, okay. Or go to loop now dot us exactly that's awesome dawson well thanks for taking some time to to chat with me i'm I'm sorry it took us four times to get here but (laughs) you know really excited to hear about the product i want to definitely use it although i did notice that the dealership that i go to isn't on there but i'm out of warranty shortly so (laughs) you do you guys work with pro one automotive uh we'll we'll be adding them to our platforms they're good guys we'll we'll, we'll have hopefully all the dealerships in the area on our yeah. platform very shortly. As yeah. Well. well, shout out to pro one. You guys do a great job for diesel work. Appreciate those. Check out loopnow.us. And uh, thanks Dawson. Let's hope for great success and a great rollout in Vegas. Yeah. Thanks. I appreciate it. <laughs>